Hey all, it's Paul from Drums and Rums with the Backbeats Beats of Spirit. This episode is sponsored by Club Tiki. Visit them at clubtikico.com to order rum-based cocktails in a can. Use promo code Drums and Rums to receive a discount and free shipping when you order two four packs or more. They can the tropics so you don't have to. Hey all, it's Paul from Drums and Rums with the Backbeats Meets the Spirits, and we are still traveling here. In this episode, we are in still in North Carolina there, and uh, we've made it all the way out to the Outer Banks. And what I was told was basically, this is the edge of the earth. Oh, for sure. I mean, you are in the middle of nowhere, hanging so I, out in the ocean. I, am I more Am I more east than if I was back home in Florida? Oh, yeah. Wow. For sure. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, so as you know, if you look at a map and if you didn't pass geography, North Carolina sticks out as about, about as much as Florida sticks down to the south and so forth. So, we are here at Outer Banks Distilling. Outer Banks Distilling. Yep. And I'm here with Tony, your Sony. Perfect. I got it right. You got it right. I got it right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. No, thanks for inviting me up. Um, got a chance to tour the distillery earlier. We'll talk a little bit about that. And talk about Kildelva Rum, talk about Outer Banks Distilling, the history, you know, getting people to, if they're not familiar with it, um, here's the opportunity to learn more about sure. the products here, and um, really great operation. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Tony. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I have a call in number? Maybe. Maybe. I uh, No, actually, it was my third time. I think I called in once or twice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Yes, we did have our happy hour on our Facebook show that we did there, which was a little challenging due to uh, technical problems on my side with the, the computer that I was trying to use. But Yeah, yeah. working on the road is a tough operation. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, definitely. We've been, in, we've been in touch. We've been in contact for quite some time. For sure. And... Uh, uh, we, I got a chance to try some of them, um, in, 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 uh, I think it's, you know, amazing stuff. And, but, uh, but here, here we want to learn more. Here about, we at, Yeah. Here we are. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So we're out here yeah. in the Outer Banks. Um, mm-hmm. if you don't know where that is, it's, uh, go to Ocracoke and North and, um, right along the, the peninsula here. I and mean, if you look at our map, you can see right here, we're on Roanoke Island in the center of the D there, right at the tip of the D, you know? Usually a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing. That's where downtown Manio, um, Roanoke Island, and then that's the the middle of the Outer Banks. Um, we started in about in 2014. Okay, uh, four guys, two bartenders and uh, two brewers decided to make uh, rum. There's a big history of rum in the Outer Banks. Um, you know, you have part of the unfortunate triangle trade. And whatnot, but you had uh, rum coming from the from the Caribbean coming on up the coast. You had to be within sight, and because of how far out the the Outer Banks mm. sits, because you got you're trying to sit there and go up the jet stream, and the jet stream ends off of the just south of the Outer Banks, mm. and so okay. that's the reason why we're pushed out. If it goes up and up and over, that's where we're we're sitting. So if you're so pirate ships or whatever the ships back in yeah, the shipping day, lanes shipping, I mean, in the day, if you weren't careful, you're going to end up getting pushed into the you're either getting pushed yeah. into a reef or the shifting shoals. There's a lot of storms coming through. Okay, um, you're not getting much drift. You know, you're the wind prevailing winds are going to shift. Okay, um, and so it's very treacherous up here. And because it was so desolate, um, when ships would would wreck, 
they would they would just break apart, get hit by all these waves, and they they would all the floatsome and jetsome would be on the uh, washed up on the washed beach. up on the beach. And because there's some enterprising, you know, people out here, we uh, we get a little wild. And before the wreckers would come down from from Virginia Beach area, they would uh, some stuff would disappear. <laughs> and, and the first things coming up was it was you know a sealed container, water waterproof, full of rum. It would pop up first and land on the beach. And if it wasn't broken up, they would you know locals would take it, drag it in, dig a hole in the in the side of this big hill, and they would hide it. And so the records would come down and be like, oh, the rum was lost at sea and whatever else we, we couldn't find. But the locals would be sitting there drinking their, their little tots from, from there. And uh, it ended up becoming such, a, such local knowledge. It was called Bill, Big Kill Devil Hill. Mm. And Kill Devil being the original term for, for rum. Right. So that's now that's, that's – it's interesting how, right, all this connectivity of you know, the term Kill Devil – in the Caribbean, using the Caribbean to here, many, many, many miles away is still referred to again, but the origins of how it all ends. So oh yeah, I, I yeah, that was interesting. I've always known of before I you know got into all this. I've always heard of Kill Devil, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a pretty unique name, right? Oh <laughs> those, yeah, or those three words strong together. enough to kill the devil. Yeah, and it's like oh, I've already heard of Kill Devil Hill, or and. But then learn it's like, oh, that's some that's some really cool cool you know history and how it all tie and all cir- circle of rum life. Yeah, or the triangle <laughs> yeah. of rum life. So, so I guess the the wreckers would they, I guess are they wreckers for the shipping companies? Yes, the sh- insurance, okay. the okay. shipping company insurance would come down and they would sell off whatever property was there. Got it. It was written off as an insurance loss. They're trying to recoup some of their money. Okay. And so the insurance companies would pay back, pay out, and then they'd be like, okay, we've got, you know, a couple barrels of tack, or okay. we've got, you know, whatever. So they know, they know what, what was on the ship. Yeah, I mean, you have right. to manifest on right. what's on the ship, so they could say, like, oh, but this is what's left, hmm. and then they'd sell it at, at whatever cost they could get got out it. of it, got just it. kind of recoup some of that. And so there's a there's a lot of history in, in the Outer Banks, especially with, like, shipwrecks being in the graveyard of the Atlantic. Um, we've had shipwrecks all, I mean, we still have shipwrecks today. Um, there was a ship that went down, uh, last year. It was a fishing vessel and their engine went out and then their other engine went out and they started drifting on. And here it is in modern day with modern day, you know, engines and, and navigation and all that. It got pushed up into a shoal and, uh, and next thing you know, it's, it's wrecked. And so, I mean, even to, even to, you know, 2020, 2021, um, we had the Ocean Pursuit in 2020 was a scallop boat. And you think scallop boats, they're out there for a long time until they get their, their max amount of uh, scallops. And uh, yeah, you might as well just drink paper straws. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm all for uh, environmentalism. I just think there's an. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what got stuck in mine, though, because it's like, I'm going to about to have an aneurysm trying to suck or blow it. So anyway. <laughs> well, you blow so then you can suck. Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, spaceball. Is that a spaceballs reference? She's gone from suck to blow. She's gone from suck to yeah. Nobody gives me the raspberry. <laughs> Surrounded by assholes. <laughs> um, reminds me when I used to work for Southern Glaciers. Oh. There <laughs> um, goes that sponsor. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I I guess that you know a lot of folks know, and again because of the resurgence of all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and ships mm-hmm. and you know the Royal Navy and the pirates and. 
and try, you know, sailing all up and down from Britain to mm-hmm. the Caribbean, that there was that much, that many shipwrecks here. It, oh, know, I, I didn't know I mean, was na- there, that was the name of a bunch of them. I mean, we right. still find them. Um, Scott, one of the owners here, he actually was uh, walking on the beach this this winter after a storm, and his him and his dog found a shipwreck. And now they're actually calling it the Scott Smith site. That's it was a cool. previously undisclosed shipwreck that just got exposed because the nor'easter came through, sucked out a bunch of sand. Wow! And now he has a shipwreck named after him. Wow! So speaking of the the owners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so four owners, four owners, yeah. Right. Adam and, and Kelling, okay, and they were the brewers. Okay, they worked for uh, Carl Strauss and um, Weeping Radish, a couple other bigger names. One's a Siebel Institute graduate. Okay, so really into the fermentation science, like actual fermentation science, not just like following a little recipe and, and make it, you know, yeah. being a brewer, which I mean, is a tough job. Production is a tough job, but coming up with recipes and right. understanding how that works. Right. Um, and you know, what, what we would try to do is we try to make a molasses based rum. Um, we like molasses based rums. We like things that are un- unaltered. Uh, unadulterated we want to stand up behind our product rather than you know I mean, you could put it into a cocktail please enjoy it however you want i mean you can shoot it you can put it into a cocktail you can snort it i don't care you right. can dump it out and buy more uh, you know the sales guy in me is saying yeah. that <laughs> but uh but we really try to stand behind our product and so controlling fermentation allows us to do that without adding anything post distillation mm-hmm. um not having to rely on on sugars and flavoring agents to really bring out flavor now, of course, we do have a an altered product here, but that goes into a history that we can continue to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so starting back, uh, is it seven years? Seven years, yeah. Okay, so 20... 2014. 2014. 2015. Okay. 15-ish. Yeah. So so the guys got together, decided to... You know, yeah, so they were, they were... Two were brewing at uh, Outer Banks Brewing Station okay. at the time. Um, that was Kelly and Adam. And then you had uh, Matt Newsom, who was a bartender up the beach... And was also helping with the brew, assistant brewing and, you know, cleaning, cleaning, sweeping floors and, and learning the brewing process. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Smith was bartender there. Okay. And, you know, Scott went in the back one day and goes, hey, uh, have you guys ever made rum before? <laughs> and they they kind of like look at each other, Kelly and Adam, and they're like, who you've been talking to? And they're like, what? And it's like, meet me. And they slid this piece of paper. Like five minutes later, Scott was up there bartending and they slipped him a piece of paper says, meet me here at 7 p.m. and we will discuss something. And he was like... So he was just half joking about he it. Was, he wasn't half joking. He, he loves the interest. history of okay, it. Okay. Yeah, the, the history of, of the Outer Banks and rum. <laughs> and he was like, well, these guys, they, they brew, so we know that they can, be able to do something. they can do halfway at yeah, least. Right, yeah. And uh, right. so he goes back and, he, and they meet up at, uh, at a bar... Or a location, I can't remember where, secret location oh, at okay, 7 right. p.m. Um, <laughs> and they're like, we've, we're trying to open up a distillery. He's like, what do you know about it? And he start, and so the he, Scott comes from the history of things. Okay. Matt Newsom comes from, you know, the front of the house side of things. Um, two guys front of the house, two guys back of the house. Plus, everybody has a passion for working. I mean, right. this is a, this is a liquor business, not a liquor charity. I mean, you have to be able right. to work, right? Um, and so those four guys got together, and um, we're downtown uh, downtown Manio on Roanoke Island was the closest place that had a, a sewer system that we were allowed to be on. Mm, okay. um, Kill Devil Hills was a private sewer system. 
there's you had to buy into it and they didn't know what it what the viral load or the load of uh of the dunder and and stuff like that would affect the this private sewer system Mm. so we built uh bought up this building it used to be a ton of things uh (laughs) depending on how old you are will determine who like when you come in you're like i remember when this was the school uh the school office and that was like okay you're probably like 40s Oh, I remember I bought my my uh, my prom tuxedo, my powder blue prom tuxedo. Okay, you're in your 60s because it was a, a department store. And it was school offices, department store. I think it was a car dealership maybe at one point. Oh, wow. I mean, it was it has a long history. Right. Um, and they they took all four of them. They they started tearing up the place and uh, saving. saving. We've got original Cypress beams. Um they said they were drinking a drinking a bottle one day in the back, and they were counting the amount of rings. I think they stopped at like two hundred and fifty years. Wow! That's how old the the cypress, the beams, and the joists in the floor were. So we reclaimed everything, cut a uh, pounded a hole in the side of the building, put in a put in a door, uh, poured uh, ten inches of concrete or twelve inches of concrete in the back here, and uh, you know had a had a still brought in. Um, so yeah, we got a 300 liter pot still into a nine plate rectifying column. Okay. So Arnold so, Holstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, that's the actual distillery or the like the the equipment name, not what we named it. Oh, okay. I don't hey, even know what we named it. I don't know. It, well, I, I thought I thought yeah, it was definitely if it was size, it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of you know reference. <laughs> that's there, a Holstein but. size, and then you got the heifer size, and whether <laughs> kind of cows we can come up with. <laughs> So yeah, that's so again, you know, we, we again as rum being made from many different places, and then, and uh, you know, we were talking earlier. It's just something that kind of came to mind about a, you know, I think it would be a great thing to cover or topic, um, and hell, maybe even just a, maybe it's more of a distillers roundtable uh, idea about just you know the the just kind of people appreciate how the nuances of oh, yeah. how to how to make you know spirits. Well, mm-hmm. we'll say rum, and how to, all the other legalities and all the other things and all the other things that go with it. How to get into people's hands, you know, from point A to point B. And we were just talking about that, right? Is yeah, we got grab lunch at you know down by the marina and say, all right. So the fish just came right off the boat, mm-hmm. went right into that you know uh, fish market, and it's being sold right there. No one else's hands are touching it, and there's no exchange of whatever, and there's no middleman, etc. But spirits is a different thing. Yeah, legally, I mean, the federal government when they when they passed the Twenty First Amendment, they said, okay, it's not it's not illegal anymore. Right. But but okay, but then right. the states go, well, some people go, okay, I'm taking I'm wiping my hands of it. We're just right. going to collect taxes. And then some states go, no, we're going to hold off or we're going to control it. Right. And then there still has to be a three-tier system. So you have the producers, the distribution, and then the consumers. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, so the, on the retail side. Right. So you have to distribute it and you have to distribute it through, through some sort of distribution. Right. Uh, in the state of North Carolina, it's a control state. So the state distributes it. However, they don't they contract they contract out with the company who does it and so they just collect the the taxes and they control the they control the sale of it but they have a company that comes in and just do all that. literally distributes it mm-hmm. yeah so yeah the cha- yeah challenge is to get your product to market right especially in that sense so so yeah so the the four guys started up and had brought brought different skill sets to the table 
um, which was, you know, obviously it's great that everyone has a little bit of a different nuance and, and to bring into it. And then 20, you said 2015, 16, but then it takes time, right? Yeah. So we started with a single product, which was our silver. Right. Um, we can taste some if sure, you'd like. Sure. Okay. We use uh, grade A molasses. We get it from Port Allen, Louisiana. Um, and what we do is we put it uh, control fermentation from start to finish about eight days or so. Seven to eight days is usually where it's running. Um, we put it in. We put it into the still, the three hundred liter pot still, nine plate rectifying column. Um, comes off about one hundred and eighty proof. And then, as you smell it, I mean, you can smell. Yeah. It's lighter. It's it's definitely got some more of like the more of the marshmallow kind of style, like cotton candy, but not sweet. Right. Like that. Just enough. Just enough. You get a little bit of ethanol bite, um, and you get a little bit of complexity off of a, off of a silver. The silvers, we wanted something you can you can put into a cocktail, you can drink straight, and. You know, being a molasses-based rum, it's going to have a nice de- definition of flavor there. Right. You get a little bit of the darker notes. Um, makes a hell of a daiquiri. Um, that's pretty much how we, we defined it. We wanted to have a have a daiquiri rum. Right. You know, right. rum that you can have well-balanced. We didn't want to add sweetness to it. Uh, if you're going to make a cocktail, you can add your own sweetness to it. Right. We had something that's well-balanced, uh, a little bit a little bit more refined in uh in flavor in flavor so you could drink it by itself right three ingredients folks remember Mm -hmm. daiquiris and again you're definitely going to know what what a rum tastes like or or this the type or or flavor or whatever from a from From a a well-made daiquiri yeah we know we talked we use a blender right yeah (laughs) no no it's broken the blender's broken sorry sorry bro yeah it's almost like mcdonald's yeah the blender's broken blender's broken ice cream machine Yeah, so so, okay. so that was our that's our thing, and I mean think think about daiquiri and the daiquiri spec in general. Like you you have your sugar, you have your citrus, and you have your your spirit. Um, there's nothing to hide behind in that, right? And that's where you really can taste the product. But if you take it by itself, of course it's not it's not. I mean, how many people shoot rum and drink a drink a beer? It's yeah. it's not no. many, right? But you can. And you should be able to be able to to stomach the taste of of the product. But why why would you? I mean, I do. I okay. mean, I like it because I, it's less sugar and I don't have to deal with the hangover. Yeah. I can drink more, uh, more calories in in rum right, right. than the than the sugar. But I, but I guess I, I I you know maybe I live a sheltered life. But <laughs> um, I guess what I mean is, I seem I would I would from my experience. You're shooting more other spirits than you are rum. Oh yeah. Well, I, mean, I I yeah. I don't shoot back anything anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I'll if I somebody orders okay. me a shot, I'll take like a, a mouthful. Right. But I I taste it. It's, okay. It's not for effect. It's for flavor. Yeah. Right. You know, like I enjoy the for flavor. You're trying to enjoy the whole. The thing. effect is nice, right, but right. it's not. If I just wanted to, like, I could shoot up, you know. Ethanol or something, and get 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 twisted for for nothing. Well, it's kind of it's kind of kind of all right. So so my so that's my bad. So it's kind of like what we were doing here. We were just yeah right taking it easy. Yeah, you, know, you take right, a couple sips, up, you right. swish it around okay. your mouth. I mean, if you can't swish it around your mouth, then there there's issue. And plus, when you get into the tasting of notes, if, if, I know you're doing the like rum and lay program, mm-hmm. right? You know, 
when you get into tasting notes, there's different parts of your palate that pick up different things. And uh, I know that the high proof ones kind of tend to tend to kick you up. Uh, <laughs> I always hear it in your voice. You're like, ooh. <laughs> But it, with it being a higher, I guess proof, I must be a shitty poker player. I guess no. I think that it, I think you're enjoying yourself, and if you're going to enjoy yourself, there'd be facial features, right. or else uh, your wife would get mad at you. Right? Right, that's right. The O face. Yeah, you have to make sure that you're you're enjoying yourself. Right. Nobody's going and taking a drink. You mm. know, like if you no, are, that's that that face you just made there. Yeah. So you got to watch the video to see Tony's face that he just made. Was that's a face of somebody sipping it. <laughs> That's a bourbon drinker who's being forced to drink rum who doesn't want to drink rum. Yeah, right. But if but if true bourbon flavor, if true bourbon connoisseurs wanted to taste a product that is interesting, rum is so interesting with that. Like right. rum tequila, you're you're tasting the terroir, you're tasting like what's going in the product that's going in, not just you know a whiskey and barrel. Where the eighty twenty, where they're saying eighty percent of the of the barrel does the work. Right. I mean, of course, in a barrel aged program, you're going to have that, but you're still going to taste the the raw ingredient as long as you're not adding anything post distillation. You know, you want to taste uh, how how dry was it, how mm-hmm. sweet was it, uh, what's happening in there, the the types of cuts that you're making, right? You know, because the different alcohols that come off in your heads. There's there's so much different flavor. I mean, we all know that that if you take a sip of something and you're like your your mouth's burning, your eyes are watering, it's probably not as good. And ethanol will do that to a certain extent. Of course, you're you'll have that burn there, but with the different alcohols in solution, you're gonna have different flavor profiles. If it's if it smells like like rubbing alcohol, okay, that might be more ethanols. But if it starts smelling like nail polish remover, that's your methanol. That's like the, the other, you know, the different the those different alcohols that are should be cut off. Right. Um, and then you get into the tails with the bitterness and stuff like that. So with the silver rum, roll it around your, your tongue, see it, see what the effects is the, is the alcohol burning you? Is it not even at, I mean, you tasted some earlier of 180 proof, right? And there was burn, but it wasn't like your mouth was on fire, right? Because it didn't have those, it didn't have those methanol or something like that. You did something like that. You're you if you breathe in, you breathe out, and your you, the heat starts rising, and you start feeling it in your nose. Your eyes are watering. That tends to be a a, a marker for heads. Mm. Um, and then you get towards the bitter side of things. You're getting into those like uh, those darker notes. Some are good, some are bad, or in your tails, you start tasting these different things. And sure, in the definition of flavor, the esters and stuff like that, in an aged product where it can get mellowed out by the barrel the charcoal the wood actions the wood sugars right you know estification i think i'm saying that right sorry if i'm not a i'm a (laughs) professional but i'm not that professional (laughs) um you read it more than and i know what it feels like but i don't know how to speak it right um but you know all those things that say bourbon relies on i mean if you taste a young bourbon and they're like oh it's too young it's too young and everybody's like hey i like my my whatever buffalo trace and buffalo trace is the best bourbon out there and it's like no that's an entry-level bourbon and maybe if you can't get it in your state then yeah you might think it's harder right but that goes into the marketing of things right you know so if you're saying okay is it is it good because it's rare or is it rare because it's good Uh, true you know and so you get into you get into the the marketing and the business side of things sure i mean again you have to make money 
and how you taste it. But if you truly want to experience something, rum is so, so good in definition of flavors and the location. I mean, if you go into our, to our gold rum and you you start tasting a little bit of like saltwater taffy almost, not that it's salty, but you start getting into these saltwater taffies because the salt in the air is coming you know, we're, right. you can see the, yeah. you can see the ocean. I, right. I, when I was out earlier, I was like, you know, I was like, it's like, I can smell it. Right. You know? It's, yeah. Yeah. As every coastal person knows you're, there's a range where salt is in the air and, and all of your garden furniture is, uh, is getting <laughs> eaten up and you know, your cars, your cars rusting out. I see a lot of plastic around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to make sure, yeah. right? So is the, uh, you know, the light here, the silver, um, the foundation for the other two. No, and okay. yes. So it's the foundation for our pecan. So okay. starting out, having our silver product, great. And and to be fair, we wouldn't be anywhere without our our people that have have you know purchased for us for years, and and our fans, and and you know people that are that come in and buy because I mean you all have to start somewhere. Right. You right. know you're not going in. And our first stuff was pretty rough, and people were like, oh, I like what you're doing. And spitting it out, you know, or like they're, you see their eyes watering and tearing up and you're like, oh, they're proud of us. And you're like, no, it's that bad. Yeah. Um, and you get to that point and then you go, okay, you learn and you mm. improve and you, you work your techniques and you understand, hey, maybe this uh, kind of went a little crazy. Right. Maybe the the boiler was running hot that day or maybe you, you know, you're, you're, your hand we're not uh we're not a plug and play we're not pressing a button and and rum comes out it's a it's somebody turning a dial right it's like driving a car like you can have a tesla and press a press a button and go from a to b down the road or you could be driving a manual and ours is more manual than it is the tesla right so yeah so there is i i mean i'm not saying that this is the case but you know but any anyone who is a craft distributor Mm -hmm. yeah i guess even because a human could have an off day, yeah. And maybe there's something that happens or whatnot, and you know, so yeah. I mean, there's science, there's art, right. you know. Right, I yeah. mean, and what works today might not work tomorrow because right. of atmospheric differences, or the temperature is different, or the yeast strain that you're using. Maybe it's a more active yeast than a, than that. Maybe one's right. a little bit more dormant. Right. Maybe the. I mean, because you have simple sugars in in what we're doing. It's you don't have to cleave you don't have to cleave the sugars and and you know do breaks from long chain sugars or short chain sugars right. like they do in in beer or in say uh, whiskey. There's still some cleaving you can do, and if you really want to pitch, uh, there's different things you can do to pitch and and kind of intensify the amount of sugar that's able to be eaten by the yeast, or you can kind of like let the wash do it do it, do it mm-hmm. like that naturally. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I mean, you're going to have a different yield, and with those yields, also going to come, you know, the esters, the flavors, the you know, the stuff that makes rum like real rum taste like right. rum. Rum, right? Right. Yeah. So the the next one here, yes, the right. pecan, right? Pecan, pecan, pecan. How do you say it? Now, now you've got me off. I'm As not- a Jersey boy going into Florida, pecan, pecan. Pecan do what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> pecan. Yeah, I do P. declare. P. Paul. Paul. Right. Pecan. Yeah. Right. Pecan. Okay. I get it now. Cool. That's it's pecan, not pecanot. <laughs> um, so 
you know, we didn't have an aged product. We're not going to open up our doors and day one and say, here's our seven-year rum. Try it. Because we don't, I mean, more power to you if you want to buy your rum and do that. Then there's different business models. Right. And, And we don't hate on that. And there's room for all these different flavors. And, I mean, it's kind of like motorcycles, you know. If you're on two wheels, does it does it matter if you're on a Harley or a Sportster or, still, or, right. or or sorry a sport bike or something like that? As long as you're on two wheels, same thing. We're in rum. I mean, there's there's plenty of room for right whatever you like, as long as you like it. You know, I mean, this is I I equate you know food and alcohol like sex. You know, you have to have consent to do it, <laughs> and everybody likes something different. So. We like to joke around, uh, say this idea hit us in the head. We have a couple pecan trees out back, um, which I say pecan, but I also say pecan pie. Maybe it's what, yeah. depending on how you're using it. Yeah. So, so what we did is uh, we wanted to show highlight uh, North Carolina agriculture. Yeah. You know, we try to stay as local as possible for everything we do. Uh, we wanted an American, American, um, you know, sugar pr- production. We also use, and we'll get into that, uh, Crimean Fancy, a couple other different mm-hmm. types for different products. But our main base is, is an American molasses. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to highlight North Carolina specifically. And when we think North Carolina, pecan trees are everywhere. And I mean, they, we have some on the, on the property. It was hit us in the head while we're outside, you know, drinking a little rum. And so we were like, well, what, what if we do this? So we tried breaking up the shells and putting it in there. We tried, you know, keeping them whole. Um, what we found was we end up uh, taking the whole, you know, fruit of it or the, the nut. Right, yeah. And and we take those, we shell, we have them shelled, and um, we soak it for what ends up being seven to ten days. We do it by flavor, not by, again, it's it's a, it's that's where the art is, feel, right? right yeah. yeah, so maybe the sun got on those trees a little bit or there's a little bit more bitterness coming out or something like that. So we t- start tasting it and determine where where our level of flavor so the color will change because we don't do any type of uh we don't do any type of caramelization or, or coloring agents so we still try to be you know upfront about everything and so you smell it on the nose um you get a little bit of bitterness on there really of of the of the nut right and then when you taste it you're going to taste the the tannins and the you know the bitterness of a pecan and then you're going to uh, have a little bit of sweetness on the end with the honey. And so we get our pecans from, um, see, I just said it three different ways. I get our pecans from Man's Harbor, which is about five miles as the crow flies. And then we get our honey from Wanchi's, which is where we had lunch earlier. Okay, yeah. So, to- yeah, totally totally local local stuff, right? Yeah. Support local. Support local. I mean, yeah. you have to be about it. Um, you know, uh, North Carolina's motto is Essequam Dairy, which is to be rather than to seem. And if you think about it, like you could be seen as whatever you're, but behind closed doors, if you're not about it, then you're not that. Right. And at the end of the day, like morals cost money and, uh, you know, you have to be about who you are. And the way to do that is to, to actually do it, to exercise that. <laughs> so this was, there's nothing else other than putting pecan. Our silver rum. Mm. 100 pounds of shelled pecans. We put them inside dry hot bags, soak it there for 7 to 10 days, pull it out, and then uh, add a little bit of honey. And when I say a little bit of honey, it is not super sweet. Mm. And the the honey is is very minuscule. I mean, low residual sugars. You're welcome, Scott. Um, <laughs> there's, there's definitely like 
it, it is a little bit sweeter, but that's more for the balance of the of the nuts. Right, right. You know, that yeah. darkness, that, that bitterness that you're going to have, as everybody who's ever had a, a raw pecan will tell you, it, it's definitely dry. I mean, right. and if you really want to dry something out, um, it's one thing, but then you can taste it with a little bit of the honey. Right. Yeah, this was this was a really, you know, amazing flavor and taste, you know. It's not what people expect. You know, no. it's it, yeah. there there's a few other pecan flavored things that are usually done with like flavoring agents and stuff like that and which is I mean for them right. um highlighting that it's it's a little bit tough because sometimes you get a little bit of sediment because the tannins will or like the yeah. color will will float to the bottom if it's sitting on the shelf for a while. So whenever I pick it up, I just shake it up. It's it's all natural. I mean, we filter it out. But we don't do any type of chill filtering or anything mm. like that because we want you to have the flavor and the taste. Natu- as, as close to, yeah. right, yeah. And then we pull them out and uh, candy them. So okay. that's something you haven't had before. This is your first time yeah. trying this. So so what this is, a candied, candied rum-soaked. rum-soaked pecan. I may have to take some home with me. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the flavor is crazy, and it's not something you, you can that you can recreate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure some flavor scientists can go out there and spray something on there, but I mean, that was we we first gave them to pig farmers. Pig farmer came by and would take the take the pecans and and fed his pigs, and then um, they got drunk. They're all the pigs are all in AA now. <laughs> they're all yeah, they're they're somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so then we're like, oh, what can we do? Oh, we, you know, it's another it's another product that we can produce, and again, it's the the liquor business. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you have to make money where you can, and without charging, you know, a premium for a non premium, or you know, you have to find your your little bit of little bit of way, right? Your wiggle room, yeah. Um, so well, yeah, we started candy in them, and it was been a different mm. revenue stream. And you know, between that and having T-shirts and having you know all the tourists that come through, the locals, right? You know, the people that have supported us from day one, the new people that come in through the doors at any moment. So, so now where we're at, you know, again, we're if you're not familiar, as uh, Tony had mentioned, the location, but it is between here and then even for someone like myself in Florida, where we have a lot of barrier islands and bridges and things like that. This is really a unique where we went over a couple bridges, mm-hmm. a couple long span bridges, and we're not even really on the beach yet. Yeah, no, I mean right. we're an island in the middle of a sound. Right, and yeah. so you get a lot of folks that are that come through. You know, obviously further out over in the beachside area that come through through the tours and and all of that. So how did how did you know how did that eventually evolve you know obviously still distiller, distillery first right yeah yeah i mean we're a distillery and right. you know we really want to make a pro- a premium product right um we went to school for it everybody took their classes arnold holstein put on one um you got Mo- moonshine you you got a couple different places to learn how to distill mm-hmm. and then hands on experience you know over the 7 years of of selling a product and and you learn how to get better in process improvement Things change. You start selling more, which right. is beautiful. And when you can when you can sell more, it's always great. And uh, you know, so you have to start producing more. Right, right. So we started with four guys. We're up to thirteen people now. Okay. Um, we we've hi- we've been able to, when we first started, we weren't even allowed to uh, to um, sell any bottles here. You had to go to the ABC store to buy a bottle. 
and they allowed us to to sample people. And then it was one bottle per person per year. Had to take a license. I know Eric said it yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the you had you had to scan a license. You had to keep that on file for the year. And somebody's like, "Oh, well, let me, what about my son?" It's like, "Well, he's not twenty one. Yeah, but I am." It's like, "Well, yeah. you can't do it." Right. Um, and you did that, and then it was like five b- bottles per person per year, and then it was wide open, mm-hmm. and you were allowed to have a bar. And we we're like, "Oh, great!" But our business model didn't have that because. We didn't, yeah, initially we what you didn't set out for. Yeah, so right. you had like a tasting room, which a tasting bar is a lot different than a bar bar. Right. You know, a tasting bar, you can if you can fit 30 people in there standing shoulder to shoulder with a small plastic cup and sipping it, it's different than if you have a cocktail or anything right. like that. But, you know, good people comes good people. I mean, we we were able to pick up a beverage director. Um Came from the beach. He was uh, he was a young, enterprising bartender on his way up. Uh, as these guys were getting out of the business, he was in the business. Um, a few years younger, really had a passion to produce, uh, you know, quality quality drinks. And he, I mean, he's constantly evolving. Uh, I know we have a couple couple of these drinks in front of us, and you've had one earlier, right? I mean, he'll do anything from a rum and coke, like a frozen rum and coke, which you're drinking. Um, and put a little bit of Angostura in there, and you freeze it, and maybe a little bit of different, you know, on the nose, but a little bit off. And then he has stuff like seaweed, uh, seaweed-infused uh, coconut water in a cocktail. And so we were able to, like, kind of, like, elevate. I mean, the, the Outer Banks kind of cocktail scene is very 1990s. Uh, you're getting a lot of sugar. You're getting sugar bombs, and you're right. probably doing, you know, as much consume as much as you can. It's your vacation. You want to do your yeah. You're you're doing it up in your the week you're here and yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. oh, I just want a rum and coke or a Long Island iced tea mm-hmm. or fifteen different shooters. Yeah, you know, and the, and and that's great time and place, right? When right. you're at the beach, what do you expect? Right. Do you want to sit a, sit down and drink an old fashioned on the on the beach? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do, but right. but do do most people? Man, probably not. It's it's and again, it goes back to the marketing and the and the mindset of what what vacation means. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're on a beach, most of the time, and every, a lot of people I've talked to is there. There's always been a. I I, I decided I wanted to start a rum company while sitting on a beach and doing you know oh, yeah. sipping on you know again. I mean, and, yeah, the yeah. islands. You're in yeah. the islands, and you're like, oh, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get home, and you're like, oh, it's actually work. Yeah. Um, I like yeah. the, I like the drinking part. <laughs> yeah, the, the drinking beach. part is is great. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, so. It, as you're as you're doing whatever, knowing that it's a business, like I know a lot of people, they're like, "Oh, I finally got my nest egg saved up, and I've always wanted to to you know have that classic car, or I always wanted to open up my own distillery." Right. And then you have this possession, then you realize you have to maintain it, and you have to you have to nourish it. And because it's a business and a fledging business, it's hard out there, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And if you can even produce a, a good enough product to sell. Because, you know, your friends are going to run out of money at some point. Your mom might love you, but she might not love you that much. Right. Um, and so you produce and you and you start doing that. And then you you can – there's marketing involved. There's there's sales involved. Um, I mean, that's what I, where I come in. Mm-hmm. I used to work for a distributor. And I was selling these guys and I saw what they were doing. And they were like, man, I wish I could hire you. Man, I wish I could hire you. And I was like, well, then fucking make me an offer then. <laughs> like, bring me on. Please get me out of this. And and understanding from all these different products I used to sell before that I can I can you know you can uh, the product can get better but people people tend to get 
you know, don't tend to get better. They tend to get the same or worse, right? right? And with good people means that, that there's something you can invest in. And you can be there for the ride. And, I mean, with the product improving the different type of, of packaging on the outside, I mean, you can put a, a, a beer inside of a, a brown paper bag and you drink it and you might just taste it for the flavor or not. But are you going to buy the, the brown paper bag, you know, beer back there or the bottle like we were saying? Right, right. Like yeah. packaging matters. Yeah. And we were yeah, talking a lot about that earlier where it's off the uh, it's gotta pop off the shelf, right? It's as yeah. much as it's you probably you know, somebody could probably have the best like well, and it's very subjective anyway. For sure. So, for sure. But let's just go play with it. Could have the very best rum in the world that everyone likes, but one is if nobody knows about it, nobody you know, whether it's in yeah. their store, which is hard which which is let alone, that's a hard thing, right? Yeah, There's for a lot sure. Of, yeah, just yeah. to get it in the door. Right. Talking to a lot of the craft, you know, mm-hmm. all the guests have come on. It's like, yeah. There's a lot of pay, pounding the pavement, going to the tastings, going to the liquor store, setting up some, you know, um, on premise accounts, on premise accounts, right? Right. You know, and it's and it's great. Festivals. And it's great there. You know, like you have your tasting rooms. You, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the the gift, you know, the gift shop, you know, the bar, uh, the tours. To be able to offer a little bit more, right? For sure. Like you said, and you know, we feel like we're ambassadors of of our product. I mean, right. it's you should be because a lot of people, uh, you find a lot of people go, "Oh, I had a bad experience with rum in in college." You know, right. I was drinking Admiral Nelsons and I woke up and my head hurt. And you know, and I mean, I drank my fair share of Admiral Nelsons or you know whatever else, and you wake up with a headache and you right. you know you're whatever. But then you're like, well, have you tasted? A product, you know, have you tasted? Uh, yeah, sure. You drink rock gut tequila one time, and have you had a higher mark tequila? Have you had right. one that was that was made artisanally? You know, right. it was made real and not through a diffuser, but through actual fermentation. Right. You know, actual like Tahona stone and go through. Same thing. Uh, I mean, you had the mezcal last night at the house. Yeah. That is sublime. I mean, you and you can't you can't get any more of that because there is you know 234 bottles made but it was an expression of this one moment it's like a, it's like taking a picture of a beautiful sunset the sunset continues on but that picture is forever it's right right but only for that moment and 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 that's it goes right like i said go back to that craft is and know um i know i'm going to jump ahead here i'm going to sure. go back cuz i know there's one more we can talk about here in front of us but the special releases you do. Oh yeah. Right. So that's very much a you know, it does change and, and right. Yeah, so we, we do a couple different expressions. Um we do a winter soul spice, which you had a little bit of that yet last night. Um that's an all natural spiced rum that we do with uh we do uh toasted coconut, raw coconut, cacao, toasted almonds, slivered almonds, um a few spices and we use that and we soak it in there and that that's where you get the color and the flavor from. But then again, it, it, it's a decaying product at some point you're going to lose flavors on doing infusions and, and stuff like that. So that's a limited expression. Mm-hmm. And then we do what's called the shipwreck series because we're in the graveyard of the Atlantic. You can see, uh, mm-hmm. we have plenty of, of shipwrecks. We actually, the Kohler, we've actually done one from that. Okay. Um, and what it is, is a different aging process and a different fermentable. So keeping in tradition of what we like, we, we keep molasses as part of the base. And then we add in a different type of, of fermentable. So it might be turbinado sugar or, you know, demerara or, you know, any all these different types of uh, cane right. juice. You know, and, and 
then age it in a different process. So with our gold rum here, we age from A. Smith Bowman barrels, um, specifically the John J. Bowman series. They We have a good re- working relationship with them. We're actually uh, – we got a couple of their barrels we paid for – years ago when we were first starting and we were telling man this is what this is the barrel we really like and we were talking about it on a tour they're like what barrels do you use and like oh well we really like these these a smith bowman barrels it was the best ones we had and the guy's like oh yeah at the end of the tour he goes oh shakes his hand he's like i'm the operations manager for a smith bowman he's like you can get as many barrels as you want (laughs) and they they pick them for us they make sure we have a good quality i mean we still pay for it i mean yeah but that relationship is kind of like what you do in the rum world is bringing all these different people, uh, or and drums as well. Right, I mean, I don't right. want to. I don't yeah, want to yeah. discredit half yeah. your half yeah. your podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as far as it goes, it's it's community. It is people sharing and people making products and sharing products. And you know, a rising tide raises all ships. Right there, you don't have to be a crab in a pot. You don't have to pull each other down. And and breaking me down is not going to get you anywhere. You know, and if it does, then those are the type of people you don't want around you anyway. Right. I, you know, and, and we know, we know, and we talk a lot about it is, you know, rum is fun and any rum, any, you know, there's no bad rum. It's just, you know, a, you it's know, different rum. what you want. Right. And it's, that's, that's the great thing about rum is it's very much a wild, expansive, you know, from certain things. And I think, that part of the, you know, that community is, or even, you know, even it's great that, you know, even other craft distillers aren't self-conscious enough. Yeah, maybe some, but, um, yeah, people, people for right, sure. Right. Yeah. Is look at the end of the day. Yes. Everyone's in a business. Mm-hmm. That's let's go back to that. Let's start there. Right. Everybody got into distilling and, you know, for love and so forth. But why did you continue, right? Because, you, you know, you, you a, love what you do yeah. and you are, you are making money from it. Okay. So, again, it is a business. Let's be honest. For sure. Yeah. Um, unless if it wasn't, you be, would be somebody up in, you know, up further west of here. Yeah. Mount, it would be a little bit cheap. Right. Or it would be, be a little bit cheaper. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, again, you know, if you're very, if you're very proud of you know of your product mm-hmm. and you're okay and standing up or vice versa because again you know you might make one type of rum product yeah i might make a different take on it mm-hmm. hey that's fine yeah i mean i have right. i love all sorts of different flavors and and you know i mean you have your preferences of course you right. know I, I have my preferences but I can still appreciate other people's stuff, hopefully, um, as long as it's absurd about it. If it's yeah. just a you know a money making scheme, and you're like, okay, cool, I just did this to make money, or and like we were talking about earlier, you know, maybe you want to make a bourbon, and it takes you know your four, five, six, seven, eight years to make a really good bourbon in the barrel, then you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna make some rum, you know, kind of an afterthought. That's probably not the best rum, right? And it's yeah. probably and would I, would you stand behind it or would, like just because it's yeah. made with, from sugar yeah. doesn't make it a rum? Right. I yeah, feel we like, have a, we have a rum. And yeah, that's about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Uh, we'll just we'll just throw that back there just to make a little bit of money. Yeah, which is fine. We made a silver rum. You know, some people some people don't have a passion for silver rum, but you have to make money somehow to get to that aged rum because yeah. you have to put it into barrel. But if you do it with if you have any pride in what you do. And you truly enjoy life, like why not make a better product? And why not right. try to try to be better at your craft? I mean, that's truly what craft is. It's not just putting in a formula and calling it out the door. Right. You don't order it and go. And, and I'm not saying like ordering, 
rums like people do. Right. I'm just saying, right. like, you don't just like press a button and, and here comes poof. a rum. Right. And there like it is. The, right. It's not like the Jetsons yeah. where it's all. Uh, what's I mean, there's there's yeah. things about blending. I mean, blending is an art that is very difficult. And, and I mean, if you look at a um, Joe Patrice with barrel spirits, um, he does barrel bourbon, barrel whiskeys, and stuff like that. He goes and says right up front, he goes, I'm not a master distiller. People are like, oh, master distiller. And he's like, I don't touch a still. He's like, I blend. Right. And he's a master blender. blender. He's won spirit of the year. I mean, he's got all these different awards. And his blending techniques or his bending, blending flavor profile is amazing. Um, and, I mean, a lot, and a lot of people don't know there's a differentiating between the two. Oh, yeah. And, and some may, may be both. Yeah. but For the, sure. Right. But yeah. And, and people are always like... On the on the lookout, if you look at a bottle, I mean, I know it's marketing, and they're like master distiller, master blender, and they say like all oh, this guy, and it's like you just opened, right? Who made you the master? <laughs> and, you know how do you call, how do you consider right. that? Like, what kind of? I mean, have you furthered the craft? I mean, you can you call yourself doctor as soon as you go to yeah, you right, go to yeah, school, right? Yeah. Um, hey, just because you went to school for you know eight years in college doesn't mean you become a doctor. Yeah, I mean, I went to school for at least six <laughs> in community college. <laughs> but and it's off, yeah. and, and there's some people that are you know that I, I've talked to who are very conscious about accepting that title from somebody because they sure. know they don't you know they don't maybe. You know, maybe some of it is self-deprecation or mm-hmm. some, you know, in, you know, but, but you're modesty like, for sure. Yeah, modesty. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, truly, I, I, people will tell you who you are mm-hmm. by your actions, by your words, things how it is. You might think that you're something, but if you're truly, if you don't live that life, then you aren't that. Right. You might think you're, you know, you're a, you're. I'm I'm Joe Schmo walking down the street. I'm the biggest, baddest guy in the block. But somebody comes over and punches you, and you crumple it down. I mean, that goes there's right. proof right there, yeah, right? And and you know, e- this business is definitely filled with egos and personalities, and just like there is anything else. I mean, you're going to have your celebrities. You're going to have your people that, and, and some people are, and some of these are well earned. Mm. But I mean, the alcohol industry is a eccentric you know we're, right, yeah. we're we're not the traditional nine to five i think my mom cried when i uh when i took this job she was like she's like no what about health insurance and and all that i'm like mom you know this is a passion you know right so the uh yeah yeah no yeah it's interesting again look I, and that's i think that's why it's probably like the craft brewing industry for beer and and Mm -hmm. there's there's a little bit i mean it's the same thing here there's a community right and everyone takes a different take on it and yeah look at the end of the day Mm -hmm. all of these unless there's some proprietary thing that you've created Mm -hmm. at the end of the day all these same ingredients are available yeah to everybody i mean how many how how much music can you make with three chords right you know i mean like it's all, I mean, everybody's got a kit, and if you're playing drums, and you've got a hi-hat, and you've got a snare, and you've got yourself a bass drum, you can play different tempos, you can play all, but it's the same ingredients. Right, yeah. You know, you're still hitting a right. bass drum, you're still hitting it, yep. and how are you hitting it, and what's your, you know, what's your, how, is, how are you, you're going with it, what type of flair, how are you holding it, you know, and all these differences makes the music. Right, right, the arrangement of all the parts that go into it For is sure. really makes and yeah maybe that's that's a a good analogy there about the music part so thank you you can uh, pay me later sure sure 
Well, talk, talk to my agent. Yeah. So, all right. So the last one here right? is our is so. our gold rum. Okay. Um, this is a product that will be going away at some point. Mm. Um, we we produced at the at the time that we produced it, uh, or we still. I mean, we still produce. Well, we stopped producing it. Um, we stopped putting it into barrel. But the the flavor profile that we wanted uh, with, with the skills that we had and the ingredients that we had. We wanted to make an aged rum, mm. and in this aged rum, this is a this is uh, it started out as a year product. Um, when we first laid it out, it was it was bland and a little thin, but you know you have to make money to be able to put more in a barrel, and right. it takes years and years to right. come up. And we found that this is a good product. This is something we stand behind, but it's also not the it, it fits in this kind of niche of it's not a five year or seven year product. It's a gold rum aged. This one's aged for um, over eighteen months. Of course, get into blending. You're going to have different things mature at different different times. And we found after that eighteen month mark, or around that eighteen month mark, we had a flavor profile that was what we wanted at the time. Now, with our experience of doing like things like the shipwreck series mm. and learning these different sugars and different recipes and different ways of doing it, Guess. and it gets it gets that knowledge. We're like, we want to produce something that's a, a little bit different than this that will go in the future. Now, obviously, we're still producing, we're still selling it, we still have barrels of it, and and it's a, and it's good. And if you taste it, right. it has you know buttery, oaky notes. It's got a nice uh, saltwater, almost mm-hmm. banana taffy, but not on the sweet side. More of like a mouthfeel saltiness. And you you have that the barrel notes you have those yeah, yeah. you know you have the the vanilla the vanillin um, so the reason why white oak is so popular um, besides the fact that it's strong wood mm-hmm. um, it has a high concentration of vanillin which is the chemical compound of vanilla mm. and so if you have imitation vanilla it tends to be made from oak um, and so you just have a high concentration vanilla bean had, just has a high concentration of vanillin. Mm. Um, and as that goes, so you get these vanilla notes, you get these uh, these storm systems that come through, and so it gets really hot. And I mean, you see right now, you probably see sweat on our faces, and we're in the, the air conditioned room. Um, it gets hot in here, and in the winter, it gets really cold, and you have that barrel interaction, but you also have these storm system, high pressure, low pressure systems that really sucks it in. You get a lot of action on those barrels. Hence the about eighteen months. We say about five to six seasons because you really want to be able to get. That yeah. full cycle plus. So it's right. It's a full consistency of right and mm-hmm. of up and down. Or and being able to blend through to keep a consistent product right. where batches and I mean, the flavor of our pecan tries to stay the same. The colors, the variance, and we allow that variance to to sacrifice to the flavor. And because even though it's a it would look better if we filtered it out and put in caramel, we wanted to make that product, but it was by flavor, by blending mm. and by and by producing from taste. Same with our gold as we blend it together. That golden color comes from the barrel. It's not uh, anything added post distillation. Um, all that flavor comes from the barrel and you get all those notes based off of that. So how many years or how long is this in the barrel? A, a 18, minimum of 18 months. 18 months. months. Okay. Um some more than than others. When it first came out, it was about a year product. We don't have an age statement on it because it's yeah. about flavor, right? Um, but yeah, so it was it was about eighteen months. Um, 
it's it, it is what it is, but it goes back to the business side of things, the marketing side is can you the the price that we have to the price we have to sell this for to make a profit does that make sense not just i mean sure we made a i i can stand behind this product i love the fact that it's gold rum i i like drinking it i would sit there and do that but does it make sense on the sales side of things and you realize that you know if if you have if you want to improve your game you have to produce more and better right. and some products are are not viable right yeah um and yeah, yeah. If you if, if any company that is a distiller who's only been around for a few years and is selling a product that's aged longer than than been around, yeah, you should kind of put up the old spidey sense and say and find out find out who produces it. I yeah. mean, there's and, and maybe there might be a reason. Or, yeah, or I mean, they're, hopefully they're upfront and very transparent you think about it. Too. Yeah, you think about. I mean, especially in the rum world, it's it's prevalent and and right. for a good reason. There's great products out there. You know, when you get some foresight stuff, you can get like Holmes Key. You know, you get you get into stuff like that, and there's great products out there with like that might not fit in the like. If you look into the into the whiskey producers, you have wild turkey and wild turkey. You know what wild turkey tastes like. Everybody, your mouth's watering right now. If you're listening to this, your mouth's watering because you've tasted wild turkey and you know exactly what it tastes like. Or say Jack Daniels, um, you know what that product tastes like and produce that flavor profile. Every barrel that comes out of the, that rickhouse doesn't taste like that. Mm. That's a blending process, and there's going to be outliers. And in these outliers, they sell those products to other people to produce their whiskey. So because it's, just because it doesn't taste like wild turkey, it's still a quality product. They're still putting quality in, quality out. Right. But it's not the flavor. It's not McDonald's. You know, it's you know, not. It's the, right. Yeah. Is, right. That's, and so, especially in the rum world, with the variance of, of you think about hotter temperatures, you tend to think warmer temperatures for, for the production of rum. Right. Uh, you're going to have different aging. Uh, maybe that barrel uh, has more end pieces or the edge pieces of the, of the, of the uh, wood. Or maybe, it, um, maybe there was a cold draft in that one particular spot where it was sitting. Just because the barrels are sitting next to each other, it can taste vastly different. I mean, that goes into the craft of things again. And to be able to produce something quality and consistent and have that flavor to be that, they ha- it has to make sense and it has to fit that profile. Now, if you can take that and sell it to somebody else and make make money off of it, then sure. And if somebody right. goes, hey, I really want that funky, I want that really super funky one that, say say like a, like a Jamaican rum flavor profile but it's coming from barbados mm-hmm. you know a bayesian rum that tastes like jamaica like with a high ester content so like that it doesn't doesn't necessarily taste like bayesian rum maybe you won't sell it as that maybe somebody can be like i want this flavor profile for theirs right and it's like this is the outlier this is my honey barrel and right and market it and sell it yeah because like we were talking earlier was there's it's such a like i said that wide range of rum is rum is Ian Burrell had said, I think, I think he said it on his, the podcast he was on, rum is what you make of it. Because mm-hmm. every island makes their rum, it's, you know, very distinct. You go from island to island. For sure. Different yeast strains, different ways of production. Right. I mean, you go to agricoles and, you know, I mean, the reason why it is that it is, is because it's right there. Right. And, you know, when you're pressing that cane juice and it starts fermenting, you not, like, if I try to make an agricole up here, 
it would be fermenting on the way on the way over here. Right. You know, like it, it would start fermenting in the and probably blow up on ninety five somewhere. <laughs> or on the you know, alligator river going across the bridge gets stopped at a Get stopped from the draw. We bridge. have, uh, yeah, we <laughs> we can't get over to uh, you know. Yeah, you can't to, get there from yeah, here because the truck blew up with uh, over. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it? I mean, is this fermentation? I mean, yeah. fermentation's wild. So the um, so what do you got coming up, uh, or what you can share with some of the private stuff? And the private stuff's only available here. Yeah, so uh, right. well, sort of. It's it's okay. uh, it's available in North Carolina, depending what it okay. is. So let's go back. We have our silver, our pecan, our gold. We have uh, the the spice rum in the winter, okay. which is uh, I will do that probably forever. It's a really good, it's really good Christmas around Christmas time. I mean, it's 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 one of those things that people enjoy. We used to have a summer spice rum, but it it was kind of. Uh, Kind of mediocre, you know, mm-hmm. as mid as the kids would say. Um, and, you know, it was it was good for what it was. But again, is it viable? And in the height of the season, do you really want to be messing with production schedule or do you want to be able to produce enough to sell? Right. Um, so we have two shipwreck series a year. We do a spring release and a fall release. They're named after a specific shipwreck that happened in the Outer Banks. Um, we will determine what it is based off of of something maybe the wind blew that day or maybe you know you were walking down the beach and found one or maybe it uh ship like when we were bottling one day or we were we were uh taking it out of the barrel and there's a shipwreck that just happened on the beach uh, i guess we're going to name it after that <laughs> but we really wanted to highlight the history of the outer banks and the history that it, the living history that i mean history right. is today right you know i mean people forget that like all history isn't years and years ago right you make history every day right and and, and the shipwrecks aren't necessarily just pirate ships it's not necessarily just ships no i from mean the majority aren't right yeah, yeah. so i mean, I mean pirates were a very specific time frame well i mean there's still pirates today yeah right but i mean the pirate the pirates a classic pirate are that you're thinking of well, what's a pirate's favorite letter Oh come on! Come on! Come on! Just answer it. Please. No, I don't want to say. Please, it. come on! Come on! Make, are you gonna make me really? It's say my it? favorite. Open. I give speeches all the time, and I say, "What's a pirate's favorite letter?" It's between Q and S. Mm, you would think so, but tis the sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Uh, if I had my mixer board with me, you would have definitely wah, got wah, the. Wah. You would have got the. Ba-dum-pa-tch. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you get the rim shot. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, oh, I I once said that joke to uh, a hundred person dinner, and nobody laughed except for one guy in the background. And I think about it to this day. It is. He just goes, ha, 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 ha. And he was, he, he made my night. And it's because I don't have to be funny. As long as I'm funny to me, I'm, I'm yeah, good for right, that. Yeah. You're, thank you. I'll be here all weekend. So um, tipping bartenders and waitresses. Yeah. Try the fish. <laughs> Bing. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. pirates, are, sure, there's a history. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and naval, naval warfare. I mean, the, the British Navy, yeah. I mean, pussers. Right, the pussers came from the purser, the guy who yeah. who gave up, you know, the the your allotment, your tot right. of rum, um, and then of course, you know, you think of daiquiris and you think of uh, you think of grog, you think yeah. of like limes for scurvy, and, right. and scurvy wasn't this like, oh, I got gum disease. It was a 
debilitating disease right. that killed, I think, like 40% of sailors at one point in time. So, so drink more daiquiris, drink, drink you know, more with daiquiris. limes uh, to keep, to prevent scurvy. Okay. Try the fish. That's your Dr. Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's the, there's a lot of history and there's history of that here. I mean, the we had a we had a product called the Blackbeard's Reserve at one point. Uh, it was for the 300th anniversary of of Edward Teach's death. Um, there's a pirate festival that happens here every year and we were there and it was the 300th anniversary of his death of where, and we, so we went out to, to where it was and we, we had a product for it. It was a two year aged rum that we made, um, in conjunction with, uh, the tourism bureau and of North Carolina to really highlight that, that history. Sure. There's history of that, but there's U-boats that were sunk out here. I mean, mm. people forget that U-boats, German U-boats, were were off the coast, off yeah. the coast here, right. sinking ships. Right. Uh, you have, you know, merchant trade ships. I mean, the trade has been ships. I mean, think about today the the shortages that you have. Shipping is still a huge way of things getting around. I mean, ships today, yeah, they're bigger and they're beefier and they can carry more stuff, but you're still you're still relying on ships. And today and back then with the the advent of the sail power and, you know, wooden ships, there's going to be a lot more variance in, in how it was, uh, how they right. were able to get around. Yeah. And I, and I, it's, it's, I think that's a really good point is it's more than just, you know, there's a lot of, again, you hear the stories all the time. And then especially, I mean, I know it was kind of, I didn't, and I didn't because I'm not in, I don't know a lot about the pirate lore or the history. I know Blackbeard is. For but, sure. You know, but, like, you know, here, of course, an area is going to uh, embrace something. For sure. You know, tourism, you know, again, tourism is a big thing or whatnot. But, hell, I'm sure that some, if somebody was going to open up some sort of distillery out in Roswell, New Mexico, it would be alien-themed, okay? I'm sure somebody has. Right, right. So, I mean, so, of course, it's about business. It's about the marketing. Mm -hmm. You hopefully are, you know... Or history. I mean, real history is real history. I mean, if you're going to be out and I mean, think about Cooperstown Distillery, who they have the baseball theme. Right. right. And maybe it's all not baseball, you know, but they have to at least acknowledge what's next door. Right. You know? Yeah. So you're going to have a little nod to it or whatever. Yeah. So the ships here. So a couple couple things. Mm -hmm. So talk about, you guys talked a little bit about it earlier, was the partnership or relationship you have with East Carolina University here and and you know some of the yeah uh, so the partners yeah yeah so we we're locals I mean as 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 local as you can mm-hmm. be right like Kelly grew up here his family's been here for generations um Scott we used to come down here for, I mean he grew up in the tidewater region of Virginia you know an hour and a half away but he's lived down here. He was a bartender for 20 years there. So, yeah, I mean, we want to give back to our communities. We were commu- members of this community. You give back. So we do things called the Angel Share, which is another rum that we released with Red Ribbon Cane that was produced. used to be produ- production up here in North Carolina. The yields is a low-yield product. So a lot of people don't tend to tend to use it. It's very flavorful. you got to try some mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I've never tasted anything like that, and that's supposed to be sugar, right? That's the, just, yeah, it's, it's a molasses of red ribbon cane. This very, you know, flavorful difference of of, of taste. Um, 
but yeah, so when we do things like giving back to the community, uh, I know Eric was saying about uh, giving his uh, hand sanitizer mm-hmm. to first responders. Right. We did that as well. You know, we you set up as a community during the the height of the pandemic of of the lockdown and everything. We didn't we didn't try to make money off of it. We were part of the community. We right. just gave it to the people that needed it, and we did it to the ferry workers and to the. Um, you know, to the police and first responders and anybody who came by that needed some, we gave them whatever we could produce, the hospital, whatever. Right. Because that's what neighbors do. That's what community does. Right. You know, we take care of ourselves, not because you're going to take care of me, but because I have the ability I should be able to. Right. You you, you have a God-given ability to do something or skills or whatnot. And, uh, you know. Why wouldn't to you? To look out your fellow, fellow, right. And, you know, there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of great things early on during the pandemic yeah. that you were like, maybe there's some sense of, you know, again, humanity. We see that a lot during hurricanes happen is, you know, neighbors never talk to each other, but then once you're, you know, if you're out of power, you know, you're going to come out and because you got nothing else to do and you start seeing, talking well, to your neighbors or hell, yeah. oh, hey, I'll run an extension cord or whatever. Right? Well, you think about it. I mean, yeah. we really, as Americans, as as yep. you know, yep. in in a, a non rural setting, you know you have access to services and goods that that are beyond the pale. I mean, you have fresh water, you have some food, hopefully, you have clothing. You know, your your basic needs are met. So therefore, when that's when that's threatened, it's new. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you go into to different smaller communities and especially rural, like super rural communities, or you say in in different countries that you know, like the islands where they have to produce everything that they produce, they or else you know they're relying on shipping. And if a storm comes, then you're not getting that necessarily. And and it's a lot of community based off of that. Mm. It's a lot of us, us for us. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I think that's great, especially since you, right part of the community here. With the shipwrecks, shipwrecks, you know, you're tying in obviously with mm-hmm. your special releases, supporting you know the, the local university here and then their st- studies and you know it's again it's 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 a harmonious cycle of you know everybody. I'm not saying everybody watches each other. I don't mean it that way, but I mean you know, yeah, I think, I mean, I think you well, know what it's I mean. yeah, it's yeah. you're you fit into where you fit, right? And right. if you go into your local area, I mean if you you know, move into a spot and you piss off all your neighbors, then, then maybe they, maybe they yeah. won't want you around. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you happen to be running a business and it's not in your being, you know, let, let's say a business that's not going to maybe catch normal attention from being questionable. You know, For sure. Le- legally, legally. Yeah. Questionable. <laughs> um, yeah. you you get your neighbors next to you. If you're a jerk to them and so forth, or, you know, you're, you're pissing the community off. You're not going to stay very long because you're going to have a lot of people going to the town councils, et cetera. To- For sure, especially with with something as like alcohol. I mean, alcohol's the devil. They yeah. say uh, in North Carolina, uh, uh, wine is uh, what is it? Beer is food. Wine is sacrament. Li- liquor is the devil. Um, and, and that's how they produce. That's how they separate everything about. You can buy beer and wine at a at a grocery store, or a gas station. But liquor's the devil, and it's closed on Sundays because that's the Lord's Day, and you know you have to control how much alcohol gets out there because you might go crazy. You know you might start. You, know, you can drink as much beer as you want, but you drink one shot of liquor, and you're gonna go stab yeah, somebody. Yeah, such a such yeah. A, control it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It goes back to the uh, we we're just talking about the uh, toning down the 
rum in the barrels on the ships in the Royal Navy, right? Is old Graga yep. cutting that cutting that rum cutting down? The ration. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. So, um, well, apparently, yes, you do listen, so you know what's coming up here in four sips or less. You were. Uh, in I don't pers- know what they are, though. That's right. That's yeah. right. Those are the ones we keep in secret. So I think you know at least the first one. But mm-hmm. all right. So here we go. So in four beats or less. So here's our rapid fire. So in four beats or less. Like I said, you know this one. Neat or on ice? Neat. Okay. Instant neat. <laughs> okay. All right. Now I know we talked a little bit about you know some music style, so I'll switch it up a little bit here. Okay. So, okay. In four beats or less, I'm sorry. Well, shoot, let me back up here. Beats. I know beats. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're sips. Yeah, we're, we're sips. sips. On this. Yes. Sorry. So in four sips, right? So we won't do the first one again. But in four sips or less, who's your favorite punk band? See, that's why. Yeah. Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards. Okay. I will have to go. I will have to. We will. You need to have me listen to him for sure. Okay. So educate me on that. So, um, (laughs) that is a tough one, (laughs) but you did, you did spit it out pretty quick. I mean, four beats or less. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't go with something that was like more obvious to the mainstream people and so forth. So, which you probably hate, would really despise on some of those bands. Uh, As long as it's not AFI. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, in four beats or less. Four sips or less. <laughs> I, yeah, we've, I've already been drinking a little bit. So, in four sips or less, what is something that you you took from your previous job before joining this group that is something that was you know, like something a skill knowledge that you're able to apply to here? Okay. Um so when I worked for Southern Glaciers, you know, before the evil empire, um, I had, w- I had 50 suppliers that I, at one point I was the artisanal craft and estate spirits representative. And, uh, we had 50 suppliers and 300 products and we had to sell all of them and finding how to sell somebody something that they might not necessarily know that they want. Mm. Like, how do you get the dive bar to pick up Campari? Or how do you, how does, how does a liquor, like a, a fancy cocktail bar bring in Jägermeister and make that relevant? Right. Um, and so understanding where, how you can fulfill somebody's needs and, and solve a problem before they even know it's a problem, then you're more likely to be able to, to be an asset rather than a liability. It's not, it's not, hey, I produce rum, so you should drink my rum because, you know, that ego will get you only so far. But if I go, hey, you have, you know, your Bacardi and your well, I can't beat the price of Bacardi. You know, you can, they can produce a lot more than I can. But if you say there's 12, uh, 12 drinks per bottle, you know, on average plus spill and everything else. And I say, okay, Bacardi is $7 cheaper than me, but you charge a dollar more per of my, of my poor, a dollar more per poor, you can upsell people to mine and you can actually make more money off of my bottle than you can with Bacardi. And so you're solving a problem before they even know. They're like, you're giving, you're answering their no before they even said no. 
Right. And I think that, that having that flexibility and, and do it morally and do it through, you know, through right. actual, like, don't, you're not creating a problem. I'm not kicking you in the, the shin and being like, did you see that guy kick you in the right. shin? <laughs> you should buy my shin guards, you know, but like answer those questions there. Right. I think that really helped. And, and so that's, yeah, that's great. That's great. Cause, um, it's like one of those, look, you're, you know, they're in business, you're in business, but how do you present it in such a way that it's like, I'm helping you. Yeah. And this makes sense. And I'm right? not tearing down Bacardi. I mean, right. I think that you are, you are going to have your, your yeah. mainstream. Is that, you yep. know, Captain Morgan's going to be Captain Morgan's and yeah. people are going to do Captain Coke, like Jack and Coke. Right. But if you're trying to sell Jim Beam to a Jack and uh, Jack and Coke thing, you say, okay, but what happens if you wanted something a little bit different? Right. You want to change it up. And I, but I, but I also think Tony too is it's it's as you said you've been on both sides of this is it's tough because some of those specialty cocktails that some places have mm-hmm. they are very locked in with some of the particular brands because uh, of marketing and so forth. So you're sure. right. I would Pay say to play is, is still a, if, is still in effect. If you walk up and sit down in the bar and you might be at wherever it may be, okay, what do you want? I have a rum and coke, and right, probably is in the well is is ho- hopefully at least Bacardi and not something lower than that. Um, but they're going to say probably say Bacardi because sure. most people may not. Sure, they're not rum, I mean, rum enthusiasts. Yeah, but it's the Kleenex spe- problem. It's the it's the specialty stuff that they put on that little cocktail card on the bar. Mm-hmm. That you're right, but it's, again, it's some of those specialties ones is still that same product. So I get that they're trying to push volume through from their distributors is pushing the oh, large for product. sure. But I think that's an interesting point is like restaurants to try to give that opportunity. Say, hey, there's bring, money bring to be med, right. made and there's yeah, and you, you can elevate your you can elevate your customer. You don't have to be stuck in a rut and just get whatever it is and let that that's being a passive business owner. Right. You can actively teach your people. You can teach them like when people come through and do a tour, we talk about rum as a whole. We're not just talking about us because if they're an influence, if they are are introduced to rum and can have an understanding of it, they're more likely to try other rums mm-hmm. and they're more likely to be excited about rum in right. general right. and enthusiast and purchase more. And I think that's why places that do have either if they don't have it in in property, on property, tasting room or the bar. Mm-hmm. I think it's well, important. Bar, bar is important. Because then you got a person who can make you the drinks and, and then also too is also help with sales, right? I mean, you, for sure. you, you're very knowledgeable in other aspects, so you can talk the talk about for sure. making drinks. Um, but then be able to say, "Hey, here's how the here's here's our cocktail program too to go yeah. with these products, right?" Oh, so, for yeah, sure. You walk in and say, "I mean, if a, if you could buy a cheeseburger at a butcher shop, it'd probably be the best cheeseburger you've ever had, you know." And it would be it'd behoove them to do that because then they're going to sell more beef, right? And sure, I mean that's business for you. You know, it's like, and then maybe if you go home and you can't make that same cheeseburger because you didn't spice it the right way or you didn't, right. you know, you're not making that drink exactly how it is, but you have our products, then maybe you come in again and figure it out. Or maybe you experiment more and maybe you try some of these other producers. I mean, I, I say go try everything. Like right. Go out there, take a sip and actually drink it. Don't just... Be like, oh, I'm not going to like that because it's not my favorite. Right. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm not going to like it because I only like 
X, Y, and Z, right. which is fine to have preferences. But if you can truly enjoy something and experience something, as long as it's made properly and it's made ethically and it's made right. like a real product, then then I think that there's benefits to, to everything right. out there. That's why I've almost become, you know, very much more open to of tr- tr- drinking gold, gold rum and, mm-hmm. and mixing it because there's a little bit of a different nuance to it over the for sure know, with a clearer light so far. yeah and it also depends yeah. on how i mean how many plates you use or if you're using a column still or right. you know pot still and not all pot stills are the same and you know there's alembic styles and there's all these different again that science the science right. behind it right. of the craft sorry i got a little distracted there i know there's a- uh, one more sip left yeah so you go all right you, you are keeping up in four sips or less what do you see for the future of the rum industry? Ooh, the future of the rum industry. I think that we need to, um, as a collective, we need to identify who we are as it. We need to uh, kind of, as a culture of change of what it means what rum means Mm -hmm. and not just in people's eyes but in our own eyes Mm -hmm. i think that we you have to acknowledge the the history and and the the path that rum has taken over the years right through production through uh through the fact that it was i mean i think there was like 80 distilleries of rum it produced in in boston at one point in time and then you have the the overtaxation of it which killed killed the scene and brought in uh rye whiskey and rye whiskey uh got killed by prohibition and 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 made bourbon the thing whatever the fat is but you have to acknowledge where you come from um make peace with that and and understand that like yeah there's troubled history and and a lot of things that we have in life but if you can acknowledge that and make amends and you know get away from from the overcharacterization of of disenfranchised you know communities or you know or people and instead of instead of stealing from that culture is create a different culture of what actual what you are as rum and what we are as rum hmm. um i think that that is a huge hurdle that holds us back as a community i think that um i think that and i will go ahead and 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 fire some shots i think that barbados should have their own you know i think that that a certain distillery i won't name their name but i think a certain distillery needs to um to get off their their high horse and 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 get away from from stop standing in the way for for true Barbadians to to have their own uh, like identity, right? I mean, they are who they are, and that's great, and it should be. And if you want to step in because you like to send your stuff to your home country and back again, and all this other stuff, then fine. But then don't don't uh, benefit from the hard work of others. And especially if it means, you know, putting in stuff post-distillation, if that's what Barbadians want or Badians, Bations, whatever, however, the three ways you want to say it, if that's what they want, then let them do that and and be real, you know, like you can still have a product that is relevant and not have to be call yourself and stand in the way of, of you know, the people that are around you. Hmm. 
Um, sorry, I get a little I get a little heated about about stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall, us as us as rum producers and rum enthusiasts, um, we have a responsibility to acknowledge history and continue on uh, with what we want our legacy to be. Right, right. And I think that's why you know I mentioned that last night. I think is it's a little tough for rum here in the U.S. produced. Because it is produced many different ways that are based on other locations. For sure. So you can't even say really American rum. Well, I guess you could. Yeah. You could, right? Because it's mean, made here in the U.S. And, and it's, it has a long history in America. Right. So I mean, the first taxes were on alcohol. Right. And until the prohibition, the, the taxation of, of other goods and services were a lot less. They didn't have income tax before that. And right. I mean... There was, there's many different things. I mean, alcohol has a long history in America. And the fact that, I mean, that America, I mean, you can't say that somebody was first and, and that the other people can't do it. That gate keeps, yeah. uh, that yeah. gate keeps, especially now, if you want to say that it's produced a certain way and that's fine, cool. A standard. Whatever. Yeah, a yeah. standard. And mm-hmm. I think there has to be a standard in American rums. I think mm-hmm. that there should be a, there should be some, you know, standard set up, which yeah. I mean, yeah. As there is. All right. So that wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, right? Yeah. Okay. You got the rapid fire. So now now the part that, you know, comes up. So now that you've made it through the rapid fire there, Tony, there's your, you now are an alum of the Drums and Rums podcast there. Sweet. So, yeah. So um, I said it's. Well, as we talked about, is this community of rummers, and as I call them, right? What the, what did this, the survey say? Is rummers and drummers. Rummers right? and drummers. Rummers and drummers or drummers and rummers. Whichever. Whichever you may fall in distinction. So, oh, yeah, no, thanks. Let for me it. take a, uh, a a page out of Eric's book. Oh, okay. Look at this. I look mean, it this. is rum. Uh, look at this, gals. We're putting up on this on uh, Patreon. Or no. guys. Or guys. Oh, guys. I mean, so we don't want it to, that's true. We don't want to <laughs> screen, you know, uh, leave anybody out. So maybe we'll put this on the only rums uh, uh, page that we have there. Only rums. Support the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ha- you have to realize that that Paul being an ambassador for what it is, and I'll talk to you guys if you can see the uh, see my face. Um, Paul's an ambassador and has, I mean, I really appreciate what you do as a yeah. as a person and your professional life on both sides of it. Um, being an ambassador to rum, to what we have passion for, to have this or drums and music and bringing that to to people. It's that it, it, you're a community builder, a community builder. Let me uh, yeah. drink another sip. Yes, four sips you. or less. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you are listening to this, like, subscribe, review, yeah. re- subscribe, rate, and review, as the shirt says. Right, that's right. Um, you know, give him give him the benefit of of a little uh, a little help. Uh, if you enjoy what it is, then you should support and and help him out as something as easy as a like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I appreciate it. now. Thank you, Tony, and, and and definitely thank for the hospitality. I know the hospitality is not going to end after we stop hit the <laughs> record button. Uh, looking forward to hospitality this evening. Oh yeah, know, whatever that may be. Uh, hopefully, I do make it back to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on the uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram yeah, and YouTube. Yeah, yeah that is going to be. Uh, we'll have to. We may have to pre pre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, so. 
Tony, what is here's the here's the shameless plug here. Sure. What do you want people to check out? Tell them where you can get your products. All all of that stuff. Okay. So. Outer Banks Distilling on Instagram. Uh, if you type in Kill Devil Rum, there's a company in uh, Scotland that happened to produce uh, Kill Devil Rum in Scotland. Um, got the Instagram tag before we were Instagram savvy, and so it, it goes to them. I don't think. Uh, well, they don't sell Kill Devil Rum here because it's trademarked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Outer Banks Distilling, Outer Banks Distilling on on Facebook, it, there's a group of our fans that have created the Kill Devil Rum Locker. Um, I think there's about 1,700, 1,400 to 1,700 okay. fans that do that. Um, we we talk about our releases. We give heads up on on different information that they kind of go along the the lines of that, and you'll be the first to know. Okay, I appreciate it. So. Yeah, check it out again. If you're in here in the North Carolina area, so where can they where can they get your stuff here in North Carolina? So in North Carolina, you can go to all of your ABC stores. Majority of ABC stores have us either in the local section, the North Carolina section, the rum section, preferably the rum section. Um, if you can't get your if you don't if your local ABC does not have it, you can request it. They work for the state, and the state works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also available on seller.com, like the basement seller.com. Um, based out of DC, we're in uh, Virginia and majority of Virginia uh, ABC stores in the rum section, mm-hmm. and then limited, limited in Florida. Okay, yeah, we can get you down here. In Florida. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, no, excellent. So, yeah, definitely check it out here if you're vacationing. If you go into the Outer Banks, I know a lot of people come up here during the summer to go vacationing or mm-hmm. wherever. Come on down here, downtown meet, meet, Manio. Meet, meet, meet everybody here. Um, tell them, you, you know, we sent you. You got to stop in. It's great setup here. On a, if you're over there vacationing and it's a rainy day, come mm-hmm. on over. You know, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a rum enthusiast, or for the most part, right? And um, stop by and say hi. They give you the the tour and, and learn a lot about this. And said, for sure, support. You know, I go. I know I'm not local, but again, support support. The brands and the companies, the guests that we all have. Try on. something new, yeah. Try, exactly. Try something new. Try something new. And try this, and again, you know, these these are great stuff, right? And just step out a little bit. You'd be surprised, right? Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to try something, or if you see something on the shelf there, rather than one of the other bigger bigger brands, you know, doesn't hurt, right? So, so definitely, like Tony said, mm-hmm. rate, review, subscribe. You know, give us the rating on over there in podcast on Apple Music, Apple Podcast. It does mean a lot, actually, you know, because that's what people look at, and that's how people see. It's an interesting podcast to listen to. Um, again, we try to have an interesting story. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. We'll be posting this video. We're trying to get b- better and more on time on those. Facebook, all this other stuff there. But um, I really appreciate it, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank like you. I said, yeah, it's, f- so, it's a pleasure to finally meet you in person. Yeah, I know. It's like I, this weekend was a lot of meeting people that I've <laughs> only met online, which is, you know, it kind of sounds like a weird. Yeah, what well, you're not supposed to do. Your yeah. parents tell you, don't meet strangers on the Internet. <laughs> hey, don't get in that. Don't get in that guy's car that picked you up at the airport. <laughs> yeah. And now that's what all we do. You yeah, know, right. So, no, I definitely appreciate it. So check us out. Kill Devil Rum. Outer Banks Distilling. Come on down. Try it out. Thanks all. This is Paul where the bat back beats beats the spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks all. If you like what we're doing here at Drums and Rums, we have a Patreon link to help with setting up interviews and creating content that you find entertaining and interesting. Also, if you'd like to sponsor, advertise on the podcast, or if you want to come on as a guest to promote something related to the show, email me at info at drumsandrums.com. 
Lastly, I want to thank Brad Brocktoon titled Once Upon a Bottle of Rum. And check out his podcast, Jams and Cocktails. Thanks again for listening, where the backbeats meet the spirits. <laughs>